it's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Marley. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You have found the Love Ladies right here on 101.1 FM and 1120 AM, The Bridge, Austin. Welcome, friends. I am Coach Carrie Brigator, and we are so grateful and so thankful that you have found Love Talk today. We are in an amazing series, um, and we just are enjoying every single second of this series that we're calling the secular, the sacred, and the simple. And I am in studio with my amazing co-hosts, Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael. Hello, friends. How are y'all today? We're doing good, Coach Carrie. We're so happy to be here. I love being with our listeners. I love being with both of you. And I have gotten so much out of this Christmas series. It has just kept my heart filled with peace and joy, kept my feet on the ground. And, you know, I think it's some, it's so funny sometimes during the celebration of Christ's birth, during this, this month, this beautiful month of celebration, I feel like the enemy just tries to go and knock over the cake and, and keep guests from coming and, you know, just kind of destroy the joy of the moment. And I love that God says, hey, hey, you keep your eyes on me. We're going to celebrate together and we're just going to get everything out of this celebration that I have in it for you. And so I've just I've, I've been enjoying it and keeping it simple has yeah. saved me this Christmas instead of stepping into the worldly and the secular side of Christmas, just keeping it simple, understanding this sacred moment that we get to step into. It has just kind of put this Christmas season in a whole new light for me. How about you, Marlene? Well, um, my Christmas so far has been much quieter than your probably just because <laughs> I'm still recovering from surgery, but I think we're on the mend finally. I'm really excited about that. Um, you know, sometimes when you have surgery, you, you wonder if it's really necessary. And I had my last post-op um, yesterday and they, they uh, told me that um, it was definitely necessary that, um, and so, and the doctor is very, very pleased with the results. So I'm excited about that and looking forward to the, the full recovery and um, looking forward to Christmas too. And what you said about keeping it simple, um, one of the things I'm doing, because I'm not out and about a lot with shopping <laughs> and traffic is awful anyway in the Austin area. So um, I'm doing things like... Um, I was at the hairdresser and she was talking about how her husband decided to go to the grocery store with her. And she thought that was a mistake. Turned out it was. <laughs> but um, he apparently has some childhood memories and joys around the eggnog. And so he saw the eggnog, marched right over to the, the uh, stand and or to the encasement and and just was aghast at how much it cost. And it made him angry. He said, every child needs a cup of eggnog at Christmas. And they can't afford that. People can't afford that. And he was so upset, he just left the store. And um, so he's getting eggnog for Christmas. He's <laughs> trying to find simple gifts that delight the heart. And, you know, I'm going to talk about it uh, through this series, but... Um, you know, my daughter works in human trafficking and on her website, there is an Amazon want list. And that's what my brothers are getting for Christmas. They're getting 
underwear for kids, they're getting <laughs> they're getting um, clothes and sweats and and different things that survivors of trafficking need because they don't have, and it's just basic basic essentials. But the reality is, we have no needs; they do, and mm. so uh, that's a. Um, what we're doing. We're doing really simple stuff. <laughs> okay, Marlene, you have to share that web address. Do you have that with you or you can get it at the end of the show? No, I have it. It is B like boy, C like uh, car, F like Frank, S like Sam, trafficking.org. And that's the website. If you go to the get involved link and then you scroll all the way down to the end of the page to the Amazon wish list, there you go. I love it. We're going to be sponsoring. Love Talk's going to be uh, sponsoring a conference that's coming up in uh, January for human trafficking awareness. And I'm not sure if we're going to have a booth set up at that not, or if we're just going to be uh, just a sponsor of it. But if we do have a booth set up there, we will let all of all of you know, all of our listeners know, if you want to come down and meet us in person uh, we'd love to be able to just give you a hug and kiss your cheek and uh, say hello and uh, just get to know get, get to know you a little bit. So anyway, we'll be talking more about that, um, I think, in some other programs. Absolutely. I'll put, I'll put that link on the website and um, the registration information for the conference because it's free. If you can get to San Antonio, it will be a great experience for you. Awesome. That's bcfstrafficking.org, friends. I do highly encourage you to go to that. Um, Marlene's daughter, Cara, y'all know her. She's uh, been on the program. Um, she's just doing amazing work to end this plague of human trafficking. And um, it is a multi-billion dollar business. Um, it is, um, it, it, it will humble you to know mm-hmm what is really going on in that world. And uh, we just applaud Cara for the work that she's doing with her team over at BCFS. And uh, again, that's bcfstrafficking.org. And go to get involved. Well, ladies, uh, the secular, the sacred and the simple today, our title of our program is God's GPS plan, <laughs> a simple location and a single star. Okay. So do y'all use your GPS all the time, even if you know where you're going, or do you just get in your car and go? Oh, no. I'm talking for longer than, like, in town, maybe, like, 30 minutes. You you know where you're going, but do, do you turn on your GPS? Oh, absolutely, because if there's traffic or something like that, my GPS is going to route me around it, and I'm not going to get stuck. You never want to get stuck, right? I. I always use my GPS. It's probably the single app that gets opened most. What about, what about you, Marlene? You? I think your cars are newer than mine because I have GPS, but it doesn't route me around. So, but I guess I use it, especially if I'm in the city or um, going to a place that's a first time event. Often, if even if it's um, a common event, but it's at night because I like it telling me where to turn and all of that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, at those, at the times I use it, it's really I don't care how fast I get there. I just want to get there. And so, um, yes, I do a lot. Yeah, well, I think I think that's a uh, this might be a generational thing, honestly, because you know I I open the app up on my phone, which connects to my car, 
And so that's how I get routed around. But I use my GPS for everything. And you know what's crazy is I think it 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 doesn't help me learn about the city I'm in. That is for sure. <laughs> right? Because you're just following the GPS. You're not looking. You're not going, oh, okay, I need to go north now. And you're not looking at landmarks anymore. You're just driving because uh, the app is telling you where to go. Um, but I do like that it routes me around the traffic and all of that. You know, this um, Christmas season, we're focusing on the truth that the message of Christmas is simple and it's sacred. It, our world has made this holiday increasingly complex, complex and materialistic, but we can choose, and as Marlene said, we can choose to press into the simple of this holiday season. Um, so we're going to consider the simplicity of Christmas, the sacredness of the key prophecies and their fulfillment, and the, and the worldly influence that has added this overwhelming, complex, confusing, materialistic approach to this holiday that is really pivotal and transformational in our lives. So, you know, friends, if you go into our into our archives on Love Talk Network, you can subscribe to our podcast. You can share the program with your friends. And this series is just awesome. Um, we've had several programs in this series. And, you know, today, God's GPS plan, a simple location and a single star. So, gals, I find it really interesting that God provided safety for Mary and Joseph. And I think this, you know, is going to cause some people to pause. It wasn't a stable. It was safety. He provided a star. And, of course, he provided a savior. GPS. God provides mm-hmm. safety. God provides a star. God provides a savior. Um, so our key verses today. Luke 2, verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. We're going to talk about that word inn and the word manger for sure. And then Matthew 2, verses 9 through 11. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. I'm going to talk about the Magi today, too, or as we call them, the wise men. All right, ladies. So first question of the day, as we look at God provides safety, God's GPS, God provides safety, not a staple. What do you think of when you think of the nativity? What comes to mind immediately off top of your noggin? Marlene. Well, the typical picture of um, kind of the lean to uh, half half shelter and uh, it's open on one side and and not much on the sides or the back but uh it's a place where the animals stay. Okay. Yeah, I just I always think of a baby in kind of swaddled in a feeding trough. That's yeah. 
Okay, so that's what you guys think of when you think of the nativity. For for me too. I mean, I think. Do you guys have nativity sets at your house? Oh you sure. And the one that I see is the is the one I grew up with, which was my mother's. And I don't know who got it, but <laughs> I hope somebody did in the family. <laughs> but it, but it, yeah, it was kind of that just what I described, kind of a, a half shelter open on one side that was for animals with lots of straw and hay and stuff around. Right, mm-hmm. right. Kathy, do you have several nativities? Okay, this nativity? is, uh, we have so many, we have this, and um, we have so many nativities, and actually, two days ago, we were talking about all the decor, the Christmas decor in the house, and Jordan said, Mom, there is just too much. There's too much. You have too many creches over there. Another word for a nativity is a creche. Well, I, mm. I don't know. That's what we, we've called it. You have too many nativities over there. And you need to put some of them away and only take out some of them for Christmas wow. and not wow. all of them for Christmas. <laughs> and um, she's literally like, she's like, the table looks like a hoarder has just put down <laughs> everything she owns. And so anyway, so we went through and we picked our three favorites and okay. the other ones got put away. So, yes, I have quite a few. Awesome. Awesome. Not to buy you another one. <laughs> right, right. No, na- no, no nativities for Kathy. <laughs> You know, when Ashley and I got married, um, his mother gave us a nativity set um, for that first Christmas. We got married in September, and then that December, she gave us this nativity set. And it's it's beautiful, and you could add pieces to it. You know, you could add animals or what, whatever, right? She gave us kind of the basics, and um, we've used that nativity as our primary nativity all these years and it's it's really beautiful and I, I I do believe that most of us have that picture in our heads of the lean to the straw um, you know a scraggly kind of manger with a lot of hay and wrapping Jesus in cloths of some sort um, which we don't know if Mary brought with her but being with child and knowing that she was gonna gonna probably have this baby very very soon she probably brought some things with her um so is that really the picture is that really the way it happened um in this culture um is is that what it looked like um i think we're gonna have an interesting conversation in fact i know that we will um the world has made christmas increasingly complex and materialistic We are going to choose to press into the simple and the sacred. What was it like there in Bethlehem? What was the culture? What did it mean that there was no room at the end? God's GPS plan, friends, for us. What is it? He provides safety, not a stable. When we return to Love Talk, we'll have more of the the secular, the sacred, and the simple right after this. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. 
They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Are you looking for a new church home? Or maybe you're new to the area. Either way, we here at First Baptist Church Pflugerville would love to welcome you to visit with us this Sunday at 11 a.m. for our worship service. We have a myriad of different grow groups at 9.30 a.m. And if you need more information, just click the big orange New Here button on our website, fpcpville.org. We hope to connect with you in the near future. And we hope that when you do visit with us, you'll feel like family here. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow, these guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-2580. Or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on The Bridge Austin. I'm Kathy Anderbrock in studio with the amazing coach Carrie Brinkater and the marvelous Marlene McMichael. Friends, we're talking about God's GPS plans. Uh, a simple location and a single star. And we've just had such a fun time discussing this and, and laying this out in our first segment. And friends, if you missed that, you can go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. You can also go to our um, podcast at Love Talk, all one word, Love Talk Space uh, Radio or Love Talk Space Network. You'll find that on your favorite uh, podcast app. Well, Coach Kerry, I want to just turn this over to you when we're talking about the simple location. You kind of introduced that and teased that in our first segment. Mm-hmm. When there was no room at the inn, we were talking over break about this Greek word where inn doesn't really mean hotel, like there was no room at the hotel. You were saying it more meant the inn was like, uh, the, the guest room or the upper yeah. room. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think when we hear there was no room at the inn, I-N-N, you know, our minds go to hotel, right? There was no room at the hotel. Well, that word kind of is, it, there's two different words for this um, in the old language. And one does kind of mean a hotel, which was used in the uh, story of the Good Samaritan, right? Where the the Good Samaritan takes the gentleman that he finds beaten on the side of the road to an inn that is a hotel. There is a different word that is used in this scripture, um, meaning upper room or guest room. So the culture of the time, and I had so much fun researching this because we want to get this right, right? And there's a lot of different theories, and um, but the one that is most, um, I guess, scholarly and really takes into consideration what people lived like um, in ancient Israel is they lived in these structures where the family lived on an upper room. The lower part of the home was open, and that's where they kept their animals. They they kept their animals close by, you know, right below where they lived. 
And so whenever it said there was no room at the inn, meaning upper room, they had already taken in all the people they could hold in this upper floor. But they said, hey, Mary and Joseph, we're not going to send you. The culture would not have ever allowed for them to send away Mary and Joseph to some far distant field to just bed down um, in the middle of a field with animals. In fact, there weren't animals out in the middle of fields. They were close by in the area underneath where people lived. So that makes a great, that, that makes perfect sense, right? Um, a lot of people think it might have been a barn or a cave, you know, something like that. But those really don't make sense according to the culture. Now, Kathy, you're the only one of the three of us who has been to Israel. And when you were there, I know that you did a lot of exploring. You went to um, some of the older parts of the city and kind of describe some of the structures that you saw there. Well, it, it was very much like what we would refer to as multi-unit dwellings. I mean, you did have the homes that were just for um, a family, a more wealthy family that were standalone structures. But most of the other, um, you know, other living spaces, it was, you know, you didn't have like a um, necessarily a standalone unit that was single story with a picket fence around it, you know, anything like that. It was, you know, living in pretty close vicinity uh, to your neighbors, and they were, you know, they were multi-story. So, I mean, this definitely makes sense. And and I know, you know, we definitely kept sheep out in, in the fields, but because, you know, with uh, chickens and, and, and things like that, the families did keep those closer to home. Yeah. And so I do think this makes a lot of sense that they would be on that ground level floor and and you never really put guests there and so you know we do have to consider some of the social um you know social problems that mary and joseph did encounter when she was found to be pregnant before they actually um wed and so possibly there was this you know thing where they weren't maybe welcomed with the rest of the family in the upper room. But anyway, the Bible says there was no room. It wasn't, it didn't say they were rejected or not allowed to be in the upper room. It just simply says there was no room. So we're just going to take God's word at its word and say, okay, it was full. But like you said, Carrie, they did not reject and they didn't send them away. They said, Hey, you can still have shelter and safety, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's down on the first floor, uh, you know, where we keep all the animals. Yeah, you know, and and we have to keep in mind what was going on, right? The census was going on in Bethlehem, so there were a lot of people oh, in the yes. city, a lot of people there. And because of the census, that upper room was full. Um, but it was comforting to me to really kind of think through this and go, okay, Mary and Joseph wouldn't have been sent away. They would have had people around them. Um, it was a humble birth. We know it was a humble birth. And that Jesus was laid in a probably one of the hay-filled depressions where the animals bed down, right? In the reality is that that manger, that hay-filled depression, was probably the cleanest place in the entire room because it was a room for animals. But that was where they were fed, and so it was the best spot. 
was the best spot. Yeah. You know, I don't want us to get bogged down in, was it a barn? Was it a cave? Because a lot of people in Bethlehem were also known to keep their flocks, especially their, their sheep kind of in a cave. And I know when we think of caves, we're like, Oh, dark, dank, um, which probably, but they, they were kind of holding areas for their, their animals. Um, but there's no archaeological evidence for animals being, um, housed, uh, permanently in those structures. Mm-hmm. The Bible does not make a definitive reference to a cave. So we kind of have to, Put that one aside. Um, barn is kind of a theory that our Western minds bring up <laughs> because we think of animals being in a barn um, with a gate and a, you know, those kinds of things. Um, ancient Near East, which includes Israel, they, they really didn't keep their animals like that. And so the only one that makes sense is how they lived, how the culture lived. And um, I don't want us to lose sight of the wonder of all of this, right? That God didn't didn't do this to confuse us. He didn't do this to make this complex. He's like, no, um, it was pretty simple. There was no room. They went with the animals, you know, the the ones that you would keep near your house. And he was born there and yeah. put on some straw. That's as simple as it is. <laughs> but the good news is that they were provided for. Yes. There was shelter. Yes. There was water. There was provision for their need. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, there are moments when God provides the posh, and then there are moments where God just provides. <laughs> right. And we just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for both. And um, right. I, I, I just love that we're going to see in a moment Mary's response to um, some of this. Absolutely. So God's GPS plan. Right. We all we all use the GPS. Um, His first was to God providing safety. Okay, so what was his next plan? Well, scripture is very clear. God provided a star. Let me read this scripture and then we'll get into it. Matthew two. Now, friends, I also want to be uh, clear here. There's two wonderful accounts of Jesus's birth in the Bible, in the scripture right there at the beginning of the New Testament in Matthew and in Luke, um, the second chapter of Matthew, the second chapter of Luke. So go there, read those accounts. It is, it's beautiful. It's glorious. Um, and that's where we're drawing these scriptures from Matthew two verses one and two, and then verses nine and 10. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, which we just discussed during the time of King Herod, Magi from the East came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. After they heard, after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Okay, so many miracles in here. Let's get some definitions. Marlene, you looked up the term magi. Tell us about that. I did, and it is uh, basically priests. So they were in authority, uh, but they were Iranian. They were not from Israel. And while that is 
you know, Iran is certainly in close proximity to Israel and to that area because it's a small, relatively small region. Uh, they were Iranian. They weren't Jews. So I think it's interesting that who did God send? He didn't to worship this newborn child who is to be our savior. He sent outsiders. And and I think that's quite amazing. I, I think it's uh, it's telling that even then, God reached out beyond the Jewish nation. Mm-hmm. You know, the Gentiles were brought into the faith. Mm-hmm. We are grafted in. That's what mm-hmm. the scripture says. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even from the very beginning of this Savior's life on earth, the outsiders were welcomed. In fact, they came to worship first. Mm. Interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah. That is an interesting thought. And it's interesting because of everything that's going on in, um, in the area right now, Israel, Palestine, Gaza Strip, um, that Jesus brought in, uh, outsiders, that God brought in outsiders to go and worship Jesus. Okay. So God, provides a star gps god provides a star i before i researched this program i hadn't really thought much about the star i just you know okay there was a star he led the wise men with the star but this star is um very interesting it says that the magi um saw the star when it rose and they went to go sing see herod And they told him, we've come to worship him. So they knew scripture. They knew that there was supposed to be a star. Um, Okay, so what do y'all, why do y'all think the Magi, if the star was already there, why did the Magi go see Herod? Why didn't they just follow the star to Bethlehem? Why did they go to Herod first? I mean, you know, Marlene, I really liked your explanation of this. You're going to go to the capital of the country that you are going to because you assume that's where the king is going to be born, right? I mean, king is royalty. It's going to be born in the royal palace. You're going to go to the royal palace to (laughs) look for the king. And so I think that, you know, sometimes the, you know, for whatever reason, I, the star may be, potentially stopped moving they were at a you know it's like a a gps stoplight or something Mm -hmm. like that and so they um they went where made most sense for them to go to go in and see the king i mean they're they they didn't when they went in they didn't say uh um hey is is this where he is he just says where is he because they're like well obviously you have to know because he's your king so where is he And um, so anyway, I thought it was interesting when when Herod went to the chief priests and said, hey, here's the situation and I need more information on this. In a way, God did announce to even his chief priests, hey, this situation is happening and it's happening now. And the chief priests would be able to choose whether or not to, um, you know, pay attention to that or to disregard that information. I also just remembered something. Herod had been in, had been the ruler of the land for about 30 years at this time. 
And he had been declaring himself king of the Jews. Right. Right. And so it makes perfect sense that the Magi would go there to this supposed king of the Jews, which Herod had been calling himself, and go, hey, wait a minute, where is he? And so, uh, yeah, that's, Herod was immediately challenged, right? We know that he, he was immediately challenged by this, and he was angry. Um, and we'll, we'll see what he does here in a little bit, but he was angry. I think this set Herod off immensely. Well, also next week, we're going to talk about God's prophecies around the birth of Jesus. And one of those prophecies, and it's, I'm blanking out on this actual scripture, but it, it, it emphasized that the Savior will come out of Egypt. God had to send Jesus to Egypt somehow. Mm. Joseph and Mary all went to Egypt. Why did they go to Egypt? They went there because when the Magi alerted Herod that that the child had been born, he made a plan and didn't tell them that he was going to have that baby killed. And so the, God spoke to the Magi, diverted them from going back to Herod and, and telling them where the, the baby was born or where the baby is and how you can find him. And instead, God protected the baby. He sent, through a dream, um, Joseph into Egypt because the dream told Joseph that Herod was going to come and kill the baby. So, I mean, to me, it it was a marvelous outworking of many different prophecies. And we'll talk again more about that later. But it was an outworking of all of that. And God did not miss a single step. Mm-hmm. Brought the Magi to Herod. Herod knew that the baby and the Savior was born. He sent them to the right place, the Magi, to Bethlehem. They worshiped the king. Then they did not go back to Herod because God told them not to. And instead, he told Joseph to go into Egypt. Yeah. And and that is how the Lord then came out of Egypt and settled in Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Next week's program is um, so full of amazing um, comfort uh, that God has a plan. Right. Um Okay, so let's let's talk about this star. Do you guys um, think that this star was a planet? Was it a comet? Was it Shekinah glory? Was it just a normal, regular, everyday star that we can still see today? Um, what do y'all think? What have you have you ever thought about this before? Well, yeah, you know, I think because they talk about, they use terms that are applied to planetary systems. They talk about, we saw the star when it rose. And I think when we talk about the Shekinah glory of God, we really see that in the Old Testament 
where, um, you know, it kind of led them through the wilderness and Mm -hmm. um, it was a a cloud by day to keep the sun from burning down on them. And it was a fire at night. But we never see the Shekinah glory of God described as a star. And I think these Middle East, you know, because of the location where they're at, and, and I think we see this throughout history, is that they relied on the stars for direction, on the planets for direction, um, so that they would be able to navigate and and know uh, where to go. And so I I truly do believe, and I think there's even um, you know a lot of of evidence that articles that I've read pointing to a certain um, constellation of stars that had a primary star that would have been more predominant and bright and, you know, closer to the earth at a certain time. And so, you know, I just, I just think it was a star in the sky that did shine bright and that led them um, across the, their path. And, um, you know, because they were able to really um, map the, the movement of the stars, I, I think that, where the star led them by night, they continued to follow that path by day. And then at night again, they would go, okay, where is it? Do we need to make a course correction here to get back where that star is leading? So I don't know. I don't, maybe that's old school, but I, yes. I, just, I really see it as very much a star. It, it, to me, the, it doesn't matter <laughs> what it was. The thing that is exciting is that you know, God made the heavens and the earth, so he can certainly put a star in the sky that, that outshines every other one and that even creates direction. It's the fact that, again, none of this was accidental. None of it was just, oh, it just happened and this sweet little child was born. God did this. The Almighty did this. And he planned it from the foundations of the world. And that to me is just so magnificent, so reassuring, so comforting that no detail was left out. Mm-hmm. And it's a star that, you know, go and look in the sky tonight. And, you know, particularly if you live in a, in a uh, rural type area where you can really see the stars, does anyone stand out quite enough to guide you? Not today. Well, the North, the North Star does for ship navigation. It just helps them to understand where that North Star is. But I, I agree. And Marlene, I love what you said. In the end, it doesn't matter. God will get you where he wants you to go if you will seek him, pay attention to him, look for him, and and uh, get into his word and spend time with him. He will get you where he wants you to go. And And that's... That's what gives me assurance is that he will use the skills that I have and the abilities that I have that when applied, um, that, that, that he'll get me where I need, where he wants me to go. I, I agree. And, you know, whatever this star was, um, if, if you want to look up some more scripture about the Shekinah glory in the New Testament, um, go to Matthew 17 and go to Acts 1. You'll see um, a connection in Christ's ministry there. Um, whether that was it, whether it was a, a constellation, it honestly, 
it doesn't matter. I know those of you that might be engineers or um, architects <laughs> and you need an answer, right? You're a surgeon and you need an answer. Like This is one of those things like the virgin birth that we go, okay, Lord, you do miracles. Okay. You do them and you can do miracles to lead and to guide and you have done them forever and ever and always. Um, every birth of a baby is an absolute miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, where are we looking? Where are we choosing to find Jesus today? The Magi chose to do this. They chose to respond to the star. They had to make a decision. How are we choosing to respond to Jesus? Their their choice was to go and find him and worship him. And so how are we choosing to respond to Jesus? And where do we choose to respond to Jesus? Where are we looking for him? They looked to the heavens, followed a star and found him. Okay. And where are we looking? Where are we looking for him? Do we Do we do it in the quiet of our closet? Do we go there and just listen and look for Jesus in the quiet of our closet? Do we, do we look for um, God's creation in uh, looking out our window and seeing the birds of the air and, and, and the, the, be- the flowers and just the sunshine today and the clouds in the sky? Do we look for him in a rainbow after a storm? Like, where are we looking for these everyday things that the Lord has provided for us? So I don't want us to lose sight of that, that this was absolutely an, a, a miracle. But the Magi made it simple. They followed the star and they worshiped him. And that's that's the beauty of the story. That's the beauty of it. They didn't try to overcomplicate it. <laughs> yeah. Right? So um, when we return to Love Talk Friends, more of our GPS God providing, uh, at first he provided uh, safety, right? Then he provided a star. But ultimately, Marlene, Kathy, listening friends, he provided a savior. God provided a savior for us through these miracles. And the Bible tells us that long before the world began, God had a plan to bring redemption through Christ. So, you know, when we return to Love Talk, friends, we have more for you, um, the secular, the sacred, and the simple. We don't need to overcomplicate it. Um, And we'll talk more about God providing this amazing Savior through these simple means, humble beginnings um, in a manger. Friends, uh, when we return to Love Talk, more with the Love Ladies right after this. Don't wait. Score the best deal on the home of your dreams at the three-time awarded Community of the Year Santa Rita Ranch. With top-rated amenities and school districts, our 20 available move-in ready homes priced from the 200s won't last long. See for yourself why 2,000-plus neighbors love life at the ranch. For more information, visit us at SantaRitaRanch.com. SantaRitaRanch.com. 
Are you recovering from an injury, need to regain your health, or simply want to improve your golf swing? HeartFlex can help. HeartFlex is an innovative exercise tool for all fitness levels. Made in the USA, HeartFlex has helped countless Texans improve their fitness by increasing strength, boosting circulation, maximizing flexibility and endurance, and speeding recovery from surgery. It's small, portable, and lightweight. HeartFlex can be used standing, sitting, or lying down. No springs or rubber bands to snap back and cause injury. At less than $40, shipping is free and has a 30-day money-back guarantee. Nothing can stop you from improving your health today. You can learn more and to order yours, visit HeartFlexUSA.com. That's HeartFlexUSA.com. Hi, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or, or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us know what prayer topic you Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. You're here with the Love Ladies. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater in studio with Kathy Enderbrock and Marlene McMichael. We are so grateful that you um, have chosen to spend your time with us as we discuss the secular, the sacred, and the simple, and God's GPS plan for us. Um, you know, a simple location and a single star. Um, what a great program so far. Uh, Kathy just brought up an amazing point during the break. As we were talking about the Magi, and how the Magi or the wise men went to see Herod and Herod had been declaring himself king of the Jews during his reign. Kathy, you brought up an amazing point that Matthew chapter two, verse two clearly states. And what is that? Well, the Magi, the wise men asked not where is the king of the Jews, but what they asked was, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Nice. That this birth was an important element to, to being in the kingdom of God. And um, so I, I think that this just really throws the, the doors of, of understanding open to us about the importance of, of birth. Because Christ himself spoke so much about the importance of being born into this kingdom. And so what he fulfilled himself, being born king of the Jews, I, I mean, God could have had Christ come as a full-fledged adult, right? He could have just shown up and said, here I am, walked up to um, the palace of Jerusalem and declared himself king. But no, he was born as a baby. He was born king of the Jews. And so I think from the very outset, uh, these wise men introduced this incredible kingdom principle of being born into the kingdom. And, and to put it in context, you know, we just went through a coronation in England not long ago. <laughs> and, you know, nobody took that baby and made announced him to be king. In uh, England, you know, Charles had to be crowned king. He had to be, even though he was born into the family, he had to be crowned king. And he could have, you know, they would, could have chosen somebody else. That was not an option with Jesus. He was born king. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah. and, and I love this, you know, and I, I don't know if all of our listeners quite get this. When we say God's GPS, that is a, an acrostic. G yeah. is God, P is provides. And so we have God provides safety, God provides a star, and God provides a savior. And, you know, the last, the last GPS, the savior, that is the most important GPS for our lives. Well, it is. And, you know, next week, um, Marlene's put together an amazing program, and we're going to talk about these prophecies. But Scripture tells us that there are more than 300 prophecies that were recorded to tell of the Savior's coming, um, his life and his journey to the cross, and then, of course, the power of his resurrection. Um, and it's throughout scripture, you know, weaved through verse after verse after verse in the Old Testament are prophecies that speak to the Christ who was to come, who was to be born of a virgin. And so, um, you know, God did provide a savior and uh, it's comforting to know that God has always had a plan for us. Um, last night it was kind of interesting. My daughter's home from college. Yay. And, um, so she was in, um, our room, of course, at midnight, um, because that's when, you need, oh, she's not a teenager anymore. That's when, uh, <laughs> my kids have always wanted to talk. Young adults. Um, yeah. Not young. Thank you, Kathy. Young adults. But she was talking about this plan. You know, she wants to run a, a half marathon and she's been on this plan. She goes, you know, I was going to just kind of do this training on my own and just go run whenever I, you know, and kind of train on my own. But I realized that I wasn't really getting what I needed. And so I looked up a plan and I'm following a plan for training for a half marathon. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, yeah, things typically do work better when there's a plan. Um, You know, if you, uh, you know, for me, I feel like I always have a clear, a more clear mind when there's a plan. Um, and so that's very interesting that God had a plan. It wasn't just willy nilly. It kind of goes with that old saying that a failure to plan is planning to fail. Uh, mm-hmm. God has always had a plan for us. And these prophecies point to the exact location, circumstances, and the timing of Jesus's birth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, God provides a savior. Yeah, I think that I, I love the fact that God has revealed all of these things. And, you know, next week when we look at prophecy, some of God's prophecy, his promises, if you will, are fulfilled immediately and Mm. others take a while. You know, for example, he, and and we'll get into this, um, I think in two weeks, when God told the shepherds, here's going to be a sign to you. You're going to go and find a baby laying in a a manger swaddled in in cloth. And, And so it was. They actually went and they saw that immediately. And so I think some of the things that God tells us or promises us, it will happen immediately. And sometimes, uh, we just have the faith and the knowledge that it's going to happen. We anchor our lives in the hope of God fulfilling his promises, but we may not see it in our lifetime. And that is okay. It doesn't make it less true. And so I think when we come to the Savior, we come um, with hearts that are seeking God, that we are seeking to know him, that um, seeking the, the the birth or the new birth that he offers into the kingdom that he has made possible for us through Jesus Christ, that complete forgiveness of sins, that complete washing and, you know, even taking out our old hearts of stone and making them hearts of flesh that, that 
in this rebirth, we are a new creation. Some of the desires that we had in the past, we leave those behind. Those are dead in a grave and we become a new person with a new desire and eyes set on eternal things rather than worldly things. You know, go ahead, Marlene. I, I wanted to, to talk about something you said during break. Let me see if we're going to say it right now. <laughs> well, I, I want to say just one thing what Kathy said. You know, when you said that we may not see it in our lifetime and that's okay. And that's what we have to grasp as Christians is that our lifetime is not limited to this earth. Our mm-hmm. lifetime is eternal. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yes, we will see it in our lifetime. It may not be in our life on earth. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the, I think that the more the Christian community grasps that, the more joyous, the more freeing, the more accepting we will be of God's plan. Mm-hmm. You know, something else, Marlene, that, that made me think you, you said something during the break. You said um, we were talking about uh, maybe when did the Magi actually get to Jesus? Um, that's debatable. But here, here's the thing. Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple about seven or eight days after he, he was born, something like that. Um, there were about or, or maybe it was 40 days. The days of Mary's purification were to be at least 40 days after the birth of Jesus. Right. But this is a Levitical law. So they took him to the temple, right? And when they go to the temple with their baby, tiny baby, um, Simeon and Anna are immediately go, oh my, that, that's the, the king of the Jews. They recognized him. Okay. And he was a baby. And then you know, throughout uh, the next few years, I'm sure that other people came and recognized him. We know that the shepherds did, the Magi did. Um, we also see that at 12 years old, Jesus goes back to the, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus go back to the temple, and Jesus stays at the temple. And um, people start to recognize his brilliance, and they start to recognize that he's different. So at different points in Jesus's earthly life, people recognized him. I think it's the same for us. At different points in our lives, it doesn't matter how old we are. You know, we might have the faith of a child and a child can come to know Jesus uh, as soon as they grasp that Jesus came to forgive them of their sins. They can grasp that. You might be a teenager when you come to know Jesus. You might be a 30-year-old when you come to know Jesus. You might be 89 years old and come to know Jesus. It's n- there. There's never a wrong time to get to know Jesus. There's never, it's always the right time to find Jesus. And we see that clearly in the scripture. It's always the right time to find Jesus. So if you think it's too late, don't ever think that. It's not. Um, You can find Jesus today. Would you ladies agree with this? A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. And I think on your deathbed. Yes. And, And I think that sometimes when you have a heart that seeks and you, The Holy Spirit reveals, you know, even when Jesus was asking his disciples, who do you say I am? And uh, Peter responds that you're the Messiah, the Son of God. And, you know, Christ says, this has not been revealed to you by man, but through the Holy Spirit. And I I think that there are these... that, that the Holy Spirit reveals and opens our eyes when we are seeking the Lord with all of our heart. And so I would say, don't, don't rely on your own understanding, but go and seek God and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal these kingdom truths to you that you can come to know the Savior that was sent specifically for you out of God's love for you. It is never too late, but the best time is right now. 
And I would just encourage you, friends, in that it's very, it's very, very sim- simple to confess Christ and to accept this free gift that God offers. It's as simple as ABC. One, you just admit that you are a sinner. You just acknowledge, as Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. B, you believe that Jesus Christ is God's son, that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day to offer us the free gift of salvation. And just go look up John 3.16, and it will just walk you right through that. And see, you confess your faith in Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Friends, we just we just pray that today is that day for you. If you'd like to um, talk with us more, you can call us on the love line at 512-644-7972. We would love to send you a Bible. Friends, you can go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. You can live stream this program every Saturday at 10 a.m. and Sunday at 8 p.m. on thebridgeaustin.com or tune in on 101.1 FM and 1120 a.m. or come check us out on our podcast, Love Talk, all one word, Love Talk Network. Love Talk is all one word. Friends, it has been just a joy. We look forward to being with you next week. I'm Kathy Enderbrock for Coach Carrie Brinkater and the beautiful Marlene McMichael. We love you. We just continue to wish you the joy of Christmas and we'll be with you next week again here on Love Talk.